Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Welcome back, everybody, to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. As I promised last week, I am a day late. I was in Pennsylvania this weekend for my stepsister's wedding. Everything was beautiful. She looked beautiful. The reception was beautiful. The ceremony was beautiful. She and her husband looked amazing. They're very happy. It was just beautiful. It was a beautiful ceremony. How many times have I said beautiful? Beautiful. Uh, My family looked beautiful. The food was tasty. Uh, everything was great. Like it was a it was a really great time, and um, I'm just so honored that I got to be there and be a part of that. That was really nice, and it really inspired me to talk this week about sobriety because this was my second sober wedding, and my first sober wedding was last year in Savannah, Georgia. My friend Elliot got married, and he is sober, so. It was really a great experience for me. It was not a dry wedding. Like, everybody was well lubricated. Um, Elliot was not, and neither was I. Um, but we, so we were sober. So I felt, um, I felt very safe in that environment because Elliot was one of my first mentors in sobriety. And he really helped me understand this idea that I would still continue to be myself after I gave up that habit. Because I had this idea and I had this question and Elliot and I actually talk about this on his episode. He was on the Get the Fuck Off podcast. So if you're on Apple and Spotify, you can just search for Elliot McNair and his episode will come up. If you're on my website, you might need to hit older posts quite a few times because it was a last year's episode. Uh, I'm going to try to get more uh, episodes per page. I have it. Anyway, you don't care. Um, Just my website, older posts a bunch of times. But Apple and Spotify, search for Elliot. And you could hear his episode. But in our conversation on the episode, um, we talked about who will I be when I give this up? Like who will I be without this? And that was certainly at the forefront of my mind when I was getting sober. It was this idea of who am I going to be? Am I not going to be fun anymore? Am I not going to be a badass anymore? Am I not going to be somebody that people think is a good time anymore? I mean, I remember in Elliot's episode, he said, am I going to be this person that everybody thinks is sad? Um, You know, you get, you have these ideas in your mind about who are people going to think I am? Who am I going to be? Like, I'm going to be lost. I don't know. And what you learn is that you just become more of the person that you always were. Like, you become more of your true, authentic 
self. Like you show up more boldly. The colors of your experience shine brighter. Everything about you just becomes more illuminated. And I saw it in early sobriety and I really saw it at this wedding. Like this wedding was a true testament to the idea that I am a fun person <laughs> and I'm, I am a, a good time and I didn't need alcohol to be that. Now, if you guys think that you do because you think like you need to take the edge off or you need your, some people call it their security blanket, their best friend, their liquid courage. I mean, I promise you that you haven't needed this forever. Like you weren't six years old taking a shot of whiskey before you went to play t-ball with other kids. Like that just didn't happen. You weren't 10 years old and needing alcohol to go roller skating with your friends. I mean, you weren't going to your, I mean, maybe you were, but like chances are your freshman year homecoming, you weren't sloshed walking into the gymnasium. Like these weren't things that you needed. But over time in your life, you learned to use this as a crutch. And you continued to use it. And because you continued to use it, you stopped feeling comfortable in social situations until you had it. Like when you go to parties, weddings, holiday parties, work functions, uh, going away parties, uh, bridal showers, I don't know, all these things. What is the first thing that people do? They rush over to the bar. Like that's the first thing they do before they do anything else because they don't know how to talk to other people anymore. They've forgotten. But there was a time in your life where you knew how to do it. Um, if there was never a time in your life where you knew how to do it, maybe you're not the correct audience for the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Because, But this is just, I mean, or, you know, you might be someone that might want to talk to me one-on-one -on -one, um, because we can work through that. But for the vast majority, most of us knew how to do those things before, you know, at some point in our lives. And then we just forgot. And when you decide to give up your habit, you just become more of that person that you were when you were seven years old. Like the fun kid that you were that knew how to have a good time. You're just that person all the time. Like that's just kind of how you are. So a lot of us have this idea that we're just not going to be fun. And, you know, it's, it's so freeing when you realize that you are your authentic self the second you walk into a room and not after you've had two shots of whiskey like the second you walk into the room you're ready to go like you're not you don't need to prime yourself you don't need to wait until something kicks in you're just fucking ready like right then like you're fucking ready to go the the minute that you walk into every room like there is no the anxiety that a lot of us feel is caused by that uh, reactive behavior. Like, so we have this, we, we wire a neural pathway that in order to have X, we must do Y. So in order to have courage, we must take a drink of alcohol, like, or something like that. Or we're feeling a little uncomfortable. We have a reactive behavior about it. We start to feel more comfortable. Except the problem is there's opponent process with alcohol. So like a lot of the times what ends up happening, why a lot of people that have drink too much and would like to stop is because the amount of chemicals that your body releases to combat the depressive effects of alcohol, um, they, they leave us with a corresponding feeling of anxiety. So that's why like one drink isn't enough because if you just have one drink, your body is releasing a process and it's, it's process that it's releasing is based on your habits over time. So if you're a heavy drinker and you decide, oh, I'm just going to have one drink tonight, you're going to feel like anxious after one drink. That's why a lot of people would rather have no drinks than one drink. It's because of all of this shit, right? 
So a lot of the times we go to these social events and we want to have our liquid courage, but then four or five hours into them, we're sloshed out of our minds and we sound like idiots because we just can't control it. I'm not saying that that's true of everybody. I know that that was true of me. And I found that it actually ended up taking away from me more than it gave to me. I would start out as a great time and then by the end of the evening I would be a rambunctious, slurring um, person that nobody wanted to be around. So as you let go and you just stop and you realize that your being fun and your ability to socialize and your ability to be a great time isn't contingent on how much you imbibe, you just are a good time. And uh, so what happened to this party? Um, you know, this was more of a, a patio crowd. So this was like the, um, a lot of people were, you know, outside, hanging out outside, smoking and drinking. I, I have been part of the patio crowd uh, many times in my life, especially when I was a cigarette smoker. There was a joke in my junior prom. Um, it was <laughs> Old Forge Junior Senior Prom held outside of Fiorelli's. The name of the place was Fiorelli's because we were all cigarette smokers. Yes, at 17, I was a cigarette smoker. So all of us were standing outside in our formal wear smoking cigarettes outside of Fiorelli's. I was always a part of the patio crowd. I always liked being outside. So there's a lot of patio crowd people at this particular party. And, you know, I I relate to and understand those people. Um, but I no longer smoke and it was cold and I'm no longer a patio crowd person. And the DJ began there, his playing of the music, and everyone just kind of sat there. And... Uh, I thought to myself, and so he played, you know, a couple of songs. And then finally, I don't remember what song it was. I don't think it was Moni Moni. I think that it was something else. But it was a, it was a song with a good beat. It had a really good beat. You know, they, they start out with those older songs, like the 60s songs, you know, for the older crowd. And then as the night goes on, they always work their way into more modern music because they assume that the older I think that it's because they assume the older people are going to go home early, which, shocker, it always happens. Um, but it was like some, some older music. And I was like, I said to my brother, I said, that's it. I'm starting it. I'm going to start this. I'm going to be the first one out there and I'm going to start this. So I went out and I started dancing by myself. And then I saw this, this table of ladies, you know, I, I, you know, consider like all of us kind of like, uh, you know, the middle-aged ladies, you know, and I, and I was like, these people fucking want to dance too. I'm going to, I went over to the table. I'm like, come on. And like, so all the ladies get up. And we all just started dancing, and that was how it got kicked off. And all of a sudden, my brother and his fiance are with us, and then my mom. And it was like, it was like this this great thing. Like we were just having a good time, and we just danced the entire night. And this myth, like, are you going to be fun anymore? Like, that's not dependent on how much you have to drink. Um, someone said to me at the wedding, um, somebody said you know I, I don't know any of these people I'm never going to see these people again so I don't have to worry about how I look and and I said like you know it doesn't really matter to me like I mean I'm not going to see them again either but I don't care how I look you know I don't I don't really care how other people think that I look because I it doesn't matter you know like it doesn't matter and I've spent a lot of my life worrying about how other people perceived me and what I realized was doing that was keeping me 
from reaching my fullest potential in all regards. And this is way deeper than just dancing at a wedding. This is like writing publicly, doing this podcast, posting on LinkedIn, um, posting on Facebook. Like, oh my God, what is this random person that I worked with Bubba Gump I worked at Bubba Gump with in 2013 gonna think of my personal development posts. Like, you gotta fucking get over it, Andrea. Like, you know, this is the thing. Like, I have been a very angry person in my life. And, uh, you know, I'm not anymore. And if somebody that worked with me at Bubba Gump in 2013 has something to say about it, I, I really don't care. Like, I can't spend my whole life altering my behavior because I'm trying to uphold the identity that I once held at a different point in my time alive. Like, I just can't, I can't continue to do that. It's not fair to me. Um, my women's coaching community is called Day One for this reason. Day One meaning today's the only day you get to decide who you are today and it's not contingent on yesterday. So if you were an angry person yesterday and you wake up today and you don't want to be angry anymore, then you don't have to be. Like when I stopped being an angry person, I was met with a lot of who are you's from people that knew me from high school and college and even people that knew me that I, that worked with me. And I was like, you know what? I, I can't answer that because I've just decided that being angry and hateful doesn't serve me anymore. So I'm just going to stop being that way. And if that doesn't fit with your image of who I am, I'm sorry, but I don't give a fuck. Like I have to, I have to stop. Like I have to stop caring about you and your opinion. In Kabbalah, they say that the second somebody walks into the room, you're disconnected from the light. Because the second somebody walks into the room, you're not at one with the light of the creator. You are trying to gauge what that person wants of you and you alter your behavior accordingly. And sometimes people don't do that in physical rooms. Sometimes they do that in internet rooms. Sometimes they do that in like collegiate rooms or in uh, professional rooms. Um, you know, and some rooms require that. Like my brother's an attorney. He, you know, there's etiquette to a courtroom like there's etiquette to different rooms and we do alter ourselves when we go into those rooms I alter my etiquette for different rooms that I go into but knowing that when I alter that etiquette I am disconnected from myself to some degree because some system of rules is imposing upon me when I do those altercations. So you kind of get to pick and choose to what degree you want to alter that. And like when I go into a party and there's people dancing and I want to dance, I can decide in that moment if I want to alter my behavior to fit the etiquette that I think somebody else wants or if I don't. And being that my salary isn't contingent on this, being that my um, my social uh place isn't contingent on this like like being that there's nothing it's there's nothing there's no cost to me following a code of conduct like even if I was the worst dancer in existence there's no inherent cost to me cutting loose on the dance floor right like there's no cost to it so why wouldn't I do it like if I want to dance and I don't dance like what why why is that the case like why would I place the opinion of someone else above that being that there's no inherent cost. I would love for you all to just kind of think about that. Like, why are we modifying our behavior? If it doesn't have to do with your profession, if it doesn't have to do with your salary, if it doesn't have to do with an organization or something like that, that you have committed yourself to be involved with or in service to or 
something, um, a parent to a child, for example. Like you might alter your conduct um, for the greater good of your children or your family. And all of these things are perfectly right and okay. But if there is no inherent cost, then why do you give a fuck? Like that's what I would love to ask you. Like what? why do you give a fuck? And I promise you that the alcohol isn't what makes you a good time. It isn't. It's just your willingness to show up and be a good time. And if you think you're not a good time, if you think you don't look great, if you don't think that, if you think you look like a fool, another person asked me, did I look stupid? And I said, why would you think that? No. Did I look stupid? And they were like, no. And I'm like, so why would you think you look stupid? Like we're just having a good time. But you know, that's the thing. It's like when you use alcohol to, um, cut loose and have a better time a lot of times the next day you think did I look stupid like I used to think that all the time any time that I used alcohol to cut loose at an event the next day I would always wonder if I looked stupid and I was like well, why did I wonder that if I was completely conscious then I could in the present moment make my choices and I could observe myself and observing yourself is knowing that what you're doing is what you want to be doing and you get to decide right in that moment And I decided in the moment at the wedding that I wanted to dance and have a good time. And I didn't really give a fuck. I didn't give fucking shit. I didn't give two fucks. Here's an interesting thing. I have never considered myself a traditionally attractive woman. Um, I don't think I'm an unattractive woman. I actually think that I'm a beautiful woman. And this is something that has taken me years to be able to say. Like a lot of times people probably are like oh she's got a very high opinion of herself but it's like no I, I really believe this I didn't used to believe it I used to believe that I was very ugly and I have figured out over time and years and really being able to look at myself and also just a bunch of other people telling me I mean let's be honest uh disconnected from the light of the creator um but really like my relationship with my self I've realized oh shit I actually am a beautiful woman I have a beautiful face I have beautiful hair beautiful eyes like I have all these beautiful things Right, I'm beautiful, but I've never in my life really consist considered myself a beautiful woman. And part of the reason that I haven't considered myself a beautiful woman is because I don't really fuck with my appearance. I don't really care. I have been told recently that I should glam myself up a little bit more for the sake of business. And I was like, "Fuck, I'm not doing that because half of my work is helping women." like themselves more and I'm not going to then cake on a face so that I can end up looking uglier than I look anyway for the result of something like fuck you absolutely not um but I don't really fuss with myself I throw things together last minute I bought my outfit for this wedding two days before I bought my shoes one day before actually I didn't even buy them my mom bought them for me um my hair my mother did it for me I said mom can you put my hair in a braid she was like sure so she put my hair in a braid and put it up um I somewhat was able to put makeup on my face this was the first time I've worn makeup in months I I really don't like I don't fuss with myself and I'm on the dance floor at this wedding and there's like at one point there was like three men (laughs) that were like all dancing with me and um somebody made a comment gee everybody wants a piece of Andrea Scarantino (laughs) And, uh, I, I, I'm not trying to say that, like, I'm, like, some sort of sexy prize or anything, because I'm sure these people were hammered. Um, but really, I think it's just that I have, and have, I have never had a problem 
attracting men. And the reason that I've never had a problem with this is because I don't have grasping energy about it. I just am myself and that within itself is attractive. And I wish more people, especially women, knew that. Like yourself, your beautiful, authentic self, your energy that you are in when you are the closest to your highest version of yourself that you could possibly get to is the most attractive thing in the world. It doesn't matter how much you weigh. I have attracted men when I was at my heaviest, the same as I have right now, the same as I have when I wasn't athletic, as when I am, when I'm wearing makeup, when I'm not, when my hair is down, when my hair is up, when I'm wearing, I mean, I switched into flip-flops an hour into this night. I mean, heels were off. These were like orthopedic looking sketchers. No one gave a fuck. Like, People found me attractive and people find people attractive based on their energy, not on what they look like, really. And if somebody judges somebody else solely on their appearance, that's about them. That's not about anything else. That means that they have insecurities about their own appearance and that's why they're judging people by their appearance. If somebody's judging you by your appearance, they have insecurity about their own appearance. Just remember that. Write that down uh, if you have a pen nearby. So I've just never had grasping energy and and not having grasping energy, like needing alcohol to feel attractive, um, just bringing up alcohol again, like you don't, you don't need that. Like people are going to find you attractive based on the energy that you put into the world. Um, that's, that's important. Like, it's really important just to be the, the closest to yourself as possible. And when you stop drinking, you get closer to yourself. You get closer to that person that you are so that you're meant to be the person that you are like I just want to ask you to just revisit that that thing that I was talking about just a little bit ago and I'm kind of like stream of consciousness now so I hope that you're all following well but just this idea of if I'm not taking an action why like what's the cost if there's no cost like then why am I not taking the action I want to write something. What's the cost? Like, and then if you are like making up stories that people are going to think that you look stupid or that you are stupid or anything like that, ask yourself, is this true? Like, am I really going to look stupid? Like, let's look at that person over there. Like, do they look stupid? Like the worst dancer at any party, nobody thinks looks stupid. Everybody wishes that they could have the confidence to get the fuck out there and just fucking do it. Like everybody wants to be the confident person because confidence is fucking beautiful confidence and knowing that you're good enough just as you are is beautiful and you don't need booze you don't need booze to be a good time you don't need booze to be your best self you just don't need it you just don't need it that's it so I just I wanted to tell you that living without it and and living soberly is such a beautiful thing and it has made me so great it has made me so much of myself and this is kind of why I was always put off by the rhetoric of American recovery um uh, I don't know systems like the traditional model of recovery in America is really based in anonymous groups and of course you know that they have a low success rate and I have not spoken highly of them even though they have been of help to some people and there are some themes like community and you know things like that that, that come up in in these groups that are that are of use like there's there's definitely some things that are of use and are of value and they're definitely helpful to some people but overall I find that they are 
disempowering. And nobody wants to feel disempowered. Like, nobody wants to say, oh, my God, you're powerless. Like, nobody wants to fucking hear that because people are great. At their very core, they are great. People are fucking great, and no one wants to be told that they're not great. So why the hell would somebody want to go and think that they're just some fucking person that is just has no power and just live the rest of their life under the umbrella that they're a powerless schlup? Like, fuck off. Like, I don't want to know that. Like, I never wanted to know that when I entered recovery. I wanted to know that I would be the fucking beast of a, of a human, the superhuman that is Andrea Scarantino. Like, that's who I wanted to be. Yes, that's my real name, Andrea. I, you know, go by Andy, but, you know, that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be the superhuman that I knew that I was. I want to be the person that runs world major marathons. I want to be the person that's fucking amazing. Like, I want to be the person that hosts the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I want to be the person that that leads. I don't want to be some person that doesn't like themselves. So why the hell would I subscribe to a system that tells me that I'm crap? Like, I don't want that. I want to be fantastic. And I promise you that if you just realize that your life will be better without the shit that doesn't serve you, if you realize that living your life not feeling like crap, not being bloated, not being hungover, not feeling inadequate, but actually just embracing your greatness, everything gets better. Like if you're shy when you go into a room and you don't think that you're good enough to carry on a conversation without drinking, that has nothing to do with the fact that you're not good enough to carry on a conversation. It's to do with your belief that you're not good enough to carry on a conversation. You know, you are a powerful being. And I want to just quote Young Pueblo in his book Inward. This is the main quote right on the back of it. And I mean, his book is, he's got three books out now. I have not read his latest, but I do have Inward and Clarity and Connection. And just, he's just a, a, a modern day, um, I don't even know, sage poet, really just in touch with the highest version of himself. And he writes, True power is living the realization that you are your own healer, hero, and leader. I'm going to read that one more time. True power is living the realization that you are your own healer, hero, and leader. That is Young Pueblo um, in the book Inward. And I want you all to know that you are, that you are your own healer, hero, and leader. That there is no one that can lead your experience better than you can. Like there's nobody that can lead your experience. I had somebody say to me recently, and it was helpful in the context of business, but it was not really help. I mean, it, it was just something that kind of rattled around in my brain, and I wanted to share it with you. And they said to me, be careful asking followers to do what leaders do because they're not leaders, they're followers. And, you know, I had to think about that. And I, I had to think about it and I had to think about whether or not I agreed. And I do agree that followers are not leaders, but I don't agree that followers don't have the ability to be leaders. I think that we hone our skills in certain ways and we don't hone them in other ways. Like, so you, you get these people that are just geniuses within, in one area, like law or science, um, you know, like biology, you know, or they're, or, um, you know, analytics or logistics or whatever the hell they're a genius in. Right. And then they can't, uh, tie their shoes. You know, like I'm a person that, you know, I have a mind for, understanding like the human condition and I understand like human behavior and, and sociology and things like that but like ask me 
to um, color coordinate something, and I can't. Uh, I can't braid my own hair. You know, I can't I can't apply lipstick. Like there are things that I just can't do. Like I just haven't and it's not because I don't have the ability to do these things as much as I just don't give a fuck about them. So like I just haven't practiced doing those things. Like I'm not in practice to do that stuff. So I don't so I I don't do it. And so I think that followers do have a great ability to be leaders. And I also think that leaders must learn to be great followers. And that is not something I came up on, came up with, came up with. That is not something I came up with on my own. Um, that is something that was told to me by Andy Petronic. He said to be a great leader, you have to be a great follower. And I totally agreed with that. Like I never, I always thought I was either a leader or a follower and I was a leader. Like I was always a leader. I always went first and being a leader was what was comfortable to me. But as I started like digging deep into personal development, I realized that being a leader, I, I chose to show up as a leader because I thought my value was there. So I had to be a leader. If I wasn't the leader, I wasn't valuable. And then I realized that I'm just as valuable as a follower as I am as a leader. In fact, I'm sometimes more valuable as a follower because like being a follower in somebody else's community is very important and it's important to be able to show up as yourself in like a group or in a situation because your unique contribution is valuable and sometimes your unique contribution is different than the person leading like I know now as the leader of my own community that sometimes I think to myself like you know I I wish I knew I mean sorry I wish that I that everybody knew what I see in them and that them showing up just as their authentic selves fully and completely is so so radically important because every person adds a different flavor to this you know stew that is our lives and I don't know if everybody knows that I mean I hope I, I hope they do I, I do my best to tell them as much as possible that, <laughs> that they are brilliant in all regards but every person I think it has the ability to be a great leader and a great follower at the same time. And if you're a follower and not a leader, I think it's just because you're out of practice being a leader because we all can hone our abilities in one direction or another. So I think that followers can be leaders. I think that it's important for followers to be leaders and for leaders to be followers. I really think that that's important. And I think that in your own experience to get closest to your highest self – you have to be both a great leader and a great follower. So that is something that I wanted to just bring up. Um, I wanted to just talk real quick about what's happening over the next couple of months. So I'm going to have some new stuff available for purchase in November. I'm going to keep people updated on my email list about that. So please, if you have not subscribed to my emails, breakfree.getthefuckoff.com is where you can do that. It is the, it's a page that talks about the Western Rebellion. Don't be thrown off by that. I just haven't made a new landing page. And I do everything myself. So we're operating with an old landing page. Um, I'm going to create a new one for the holidays and I'm probably going to make a the Holiday Mindset Shifts ebook is going to be available again. So I'm going to get that started and I'm going to get that out there for you guys. So there'll be a landing page for that. So that I, you get the ebook, you'll get automatically subscribed to my email list. So I'm going to have that link for you probably next episode. 
I'm actually just thinking out loud as I'm talking. How cool is that? Um, so that's going to be available. And then um, some new stuff in November. Day one is reopening December 1st. And we are going to have um, a good holiday focus for the month of December and the first two weeks of the new year to just really be like have some support um support for the group existing and new members so if you guys are are in that kind of place where you have trouble with the holidays and you know the holidays are not an easy time for you you worry about gaining weight you want to you know make some changes in the new year you have trouble being around your family you might be drinking too much like any of these things I day one is opening it is an excellent supportive community and it'll be open December 1st so that's not too long from now that's less than two months away so if you're really interested in that um you can visit my website and you can uh join the wait list for day one so get the fuck off.com and there's a link day one group coaching at the top and you can join the wait list there and i will be sending you information as soon as i have it i might open it early who knows uh so that's happening and third thing i had three of my one-on-one clients finish within the last month and a half um so i am accepting new applicants for my one-on-one coaching program there is information about that on my website getthefuckoff.com slash coaching or you can just go to getthefuckoff.com and click one-on-one coaching at the top and you can read about it there's a little application there that you can fill out and as always you can email me andy a-n-d-e-e at getthefuckoff.com if you have any questions about how that looks or what that is what I do how I do it I mean I gotta tell you guys like it's not it's not something that's gonna tell you that there's something wrong with you. So like it's not like therapy or counseling in the way that we're trying to fix things. Um, but it is like therapy and counseling in a way. And then it's also like being coached in athletics. Like it's not about trying to correct. It's not just about trying to correct things. But it's about moving toward things. Moving towards things you want. Moving towards the highest version of yourself. Who you actually are underneath all the crap. Like who your highest self is. It's about your feminine and your masculine it's about it incorporates things like quantum physics and eastern philosophy and really cool shit like it's not just one system it's a lot of different systems I love eastern philosophy I love sociology I love communication I love psychology I love human behavior I love all of these things and I incorporate all of these things into my work so when you work with me yeah, we do attack your limiting beliefs and some old programs. We do use neuro-linguistic programming. We do hack your mind and make you think about the world differently. We do challenge your beliefs. And also, I introduce you to some really cool stuff that you probably should have been taught when you were 10 years old, but you weren't because American school systems suck. Or if you're not American, then whatever school system you went to, if you don't know it by now, it sucks. <laughs> but like you're like it, chances are if you're in the west you weren't taught this stuff because you were designed to be a peg in a in a in a hole to produce things and that's not what we're meant to do. So there's so much um, if you guys are interested in hearing more about it, Andy, A-N-D-E-E, at getthefuckoff.com. You can go to my website, fill out the application. It costs nothing to fill it out. Um, I'll hit you back with an email and we could go back and forth. We could set up a time to talk. Um, talking through email is pretty, you know, it's like, that's fine, right? Like we'll, we'll have an email back and forth. 
that's not too intrusive for a first meeting once I get your application and then after that we'll we'll start having conversations you know I'm very approachable I sound just like this in real life Uh, I do power hours still on Tuesdays and Fridays if you're looking to do a deep dive you're ready to commit to a deep dive right away um that's also there's more information about that on my website there's tons of stuff on my my website so visit me getthefuckoff.com and I will be back with another episode next week of the Get the Fuck Off podcast until then thank you all for joining me once again I love and appreciate you stay safe stay beautiful and we will talk very soon